Amos chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. This is what the Lord God showed me. Behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, The end has come upon my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. The songs of the temple shall become wailings in that day, declares the Lord God. So many dead bodies, they are thrown everywhere. Silence. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thanks be to God, and welcome to the great Greg Conley. Uh, this Today's passage starts, it sounds like on a very positive note, a basket of summer fruits. Uh, and then we get the new songs of the temple. So many dead bodies, they are thrown everywhere, and silence. So welcome to The Walking Dead with Amos. Um, and, you know, Amos is only, he's only turning up the heat the further in we get. You know, yesterday uh, we met Amaziah, the head priest of uh, Bethel, who really did not like Amos and told him, hey, if you want to be a prophet, that's great. Go be a prophet in Judah, but you're not welcome here. And uh, so he he's bearing down um, and, and the Lord is turning up the heat. And again, it's important to remember just as we get into these like heavy handed uh, prophecy, prophetic literature kind of sections that God is in mercy trying to capture the attention of his people to save them from the destruction of sin. And so it's obviously like not like you probably have, don't have so many dead bodies. They are thrown everywhere. Silence <laughs> painted on like your three-year-old's nursery <laughs> wall or whatever. Um, but you know, it, it's not to say that like God is any less loving, any less just, any less holy here. Um, so Greg, help us make sense of all the dead bodies laying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh yeah, this is a challenging one. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of struck by what you say about, you know, God in his mercy, trying to capture the hearts of his people that what this makes me really think of, um, especially with the 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 so many dead bodies, which is not probably going to be anyone's personal verse, mm-hmm. um, is the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that always strikes me when we talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament is one thing that sort of crept into the church, probably as long as the church has been around, is I used to hear people say, you know, well, you know, the God of the New Testament is really, mm-hmm. really great. The God yeah. of the Old Testament, that's a different, that's a whole different boat. But I mean, it's, it's a different deal now, right? Yeah. And that's not true. Right, mm. God, the, the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. He's unchanging; he does not change. It's the same God who who says this to Amos, mm-hmm. who says, "You know, the new songs of the temple are so many bodies; they are everywhere." Mm-hmm. Silence is the same God that we sing to on Sunday mornings and we love, and who shows us mercy <clears> and grace. And so, I think to me, what this verse brings into focus is God's holiness. You know, we we talk a lot in in the modern church about a lot of things, but holiness is something maybe that we don't talk about as much. But like the the reason, you know, we're we're separated. Sin separates us from God because His holiness demands perfection, mm-hmm. and we are incapable of meeting that perfection. Yeah. And ultimately, the you know the the punishment for that is eternal separation from God. Mm-hmm. And when I see something like this, where God is talking about, you know destruction and death and punishment it reminds me of how important his holiness is how what a key aspect of god it is and how it is just as important today 
Mm-hmm. Like, remember the God you sing to on Sunday morning is still saying this. Mm-hmm. He's still saying this to you today. His word is still valid. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that God's going to bring destruction. The Assyrians are going to invade Georgia. But I think it is as a Christian, you realize like, I think there's, you know, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about the concept of cheap grace, which you sort mm-hmm. of, you know, you got grace, you're good. Like life's fine. Right. And I think if you're living like that, or if you, you sort of forget that personal holiness is important to God. And that doesn't mean that works your way towards salvation, but that, that it is important. It is important to God. and it should be important to you because you love him and you love his heart and you want to come close to him. And so in, I think I'm in much the same way that this is God mercifully trying to capture the hearts of his people in that day. It's him mercifully trying to capture our hearts today, mm-hmm. reminding us that this is important to me mm-hmm. and that I am not just going to poo-poo um, <laughs> serious sin. And because he's talking about societal sin so much in this in this book, once again, it doesn't necessarily mean countries are going to be invaded, but I do think there is punishment for societal sin at some point. And yeah. I think that we need to take that very, very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that we live in a bit of a, a gilded age, um, you know, so the kind of traditional gilded age period is like 1870s, 1890s. It's where, uh, you know, all this new invention, new technology was mm-hmm. kind of coming around. Like we were starting to get these horseless buggies and Coca-Cola was invented and cocaine was legal. It was just a, it was a great time in the United <laughs> States. Um, but the reason it's called the Gilded Age and, you know, this is like where Mark Twain was like writing about and stuff. The reason it's called the Gilded Age is because the veneer of American culture was very like shiny and mm-hmm. clean and like exciting and new and advanced. But people were being crushed, you know, like yeah. the the American justice system, uh, the civil rights within America, like the misogyny, the racism, like it, it was completely undealt with. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a lot of good looking things built on the backs of people who are being crushed by it. And I think that that kind of points backwards to exactly the period that Amos is living in mm-hmm. is this Gilded Age. It also kind of points to where we are now. You know, it's like, I mean, we've talked about this in the book of Amos, but it's like we've got the most exciting technology. We've got the most like advanced cars and all this. And yet we actually like kind of distance ourselves from the means through which all this is possible, which is like that it's actually on the back of oppression. And and Mm -hmm. so I say that all that to say, like, I think we can have this disposition where we're uncomfortable with judgment Mm -hmm. and we think like sin should just end in like blank check forgiveness. And we actually, when we like take that view, we're actually emptying the cross of its power Yeah. Um, because it, it's, it is less costly if sin can just be like forgiven, you know, point blank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I just think like that if we come more face to face with like the reality of what it means to hate truth or the reality of what it means to uh, skirt justice and righteousness, then we'll understand God's heart a little bit more. And, you know, like I, I was even this morning um, after Amos, we're going to read second Thessalonians, which is kind of all about the end times. And so I was reading second Thessalonians this morning and um, you know, just to be frank, like Paul uses language about the coming of Christ and about uh, the end of evildoers that 
made me uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I like a more like warm, fuzzy Isaiah 56, like all oh, the nations are going to get together. Right. <laughs> uh, but like I, I was getting uncomfortable and then I just had to have this moment of like, Lord, uh, I want to be right. Like I want to like find a way to, you know, not be challenged by this. Mm-hmm. So just let me be challenged by this. And I think we do have to like come face to face with the justice of God and then realize what Christ has saved us from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not like we have to counterbalance all of this with like these passages that, you know, give us a window into the heart of God that he does not delight in the death of the wicked. You know, he, he wills that none would perish in one side of the tension and then in another side of the tension that he has no problem with putting evildoers into the fruit of their labor, you know, and into the camp that they have chosen for themselves. And so there's all this tension. And, you know, this passage I was just thinking about, um, I love like the drama of literature. And I was thinking about, um, or sorry, the drama of biblical literature. But I was thinking about, I, I love kind of like neoclassical music so Mm -hmm. there's like these guys in like iceland and america and scandinavia and all these places that are are just making like this beautiful like kind of modern take on classical music where it's like strings and piano but it's very like tension forward and Mm -hmm. harmony forward and so basically like in you know and even in like hans zimmer and stuff you get glimpses of this but there'll be these moments where there's this mounting dissonance Mm -hmm. and this mounting like chaos and tension and every instrument is kind of like presenting like a different thing. And it's like growing and growing in volume and growing in tension. And then there's this moment of release. And normally there's like, just like this one note that just like rips through. And it's like this epic moment of release and, and apex and it's beautiful and I think that that is exactly how these minor prophets that kind of close out the Old Testament, how we can view that mm. is it just gets more tense, more dramatic, more like what is going to happen? You know, God is like about to punish his covenant people, but he's not giving up on them. Mm-hmm. Like he's not saying I'm like, you know, cutting off all ties. Like he's going to go into exile with them. Like, how does this end? And then, you know, there's, a moan of silence and then Jesus appears. And so that's kind of like where we are. And it's helpful to like place ourselves in that. Oh, that's really good. Kind of musical moment of yeah. scripture. But, yeah. Well, any more thoughts on all the dead bodies, Greg? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I, I think the one thing that I think also helps if this, if you really struggle with this, um, I think this is a, a place where you can say, you know, that the Lord tells us that my ways are not your ways and my mm-hmm. thoughts are not your thoughts. And sometimes you have to accept that God is simply not something that can be easily explained. Mm. You have to accept his wisdom uh, and his sovereignty and realize that he does know what's best. Um, and sometimes it's hard, but that's some of that tension that you're talking about. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, for the people's beloved, Greg Conley, the con man, this is Will Carlisle. And we are going to see you tomorrow as we continue to wrap up the wonderful, strange, and chaotic book of Amos. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. 
I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.